Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. Now, wait just a second. You were just trying to tell me that the mechanical bull does not exist. But it's my mechanical bull. It exists. And now that you know it exists, you're trying to tell me I don't know how it works. Well, I don't know about that, commie. That ain't how it works on the range. It's high noon for Tuesday, June 1st, 2021. Follow the podcast on the Telegram Messenger app at t.me slash I'm your moderator or join the discussion thread at t.me slash I'm reasonable. You can also occasionally find me on Gab at I'm your moderator and the merch site is www.cancelcotour.com. Today is the 132nd full day of Barack Obama's third term as served by the half-dead, demented, degenerate, ventriloquist dummy, fake proxy president Joe Biden, who is overwhelmingly compromised by the Chinese Communist Party, the patriarch of one of the most corrupt families in American history, and the father of one of the most despicable sons to ever walk the earth, that's Hunter Biden. So congratulations, commies. You did all this. And what was it for? So that you could pretend to celebrate a long weekend. Well, commies, the weekend is over. Also, of course, a warm Tuesday June 1st, high noon welcome to all of the redeemable communists out there. Hello, redeemable commies. Welcome to the show. I don't know how you got here. Maybe you just pressed the wrong button on your iPhone because you 
woke up hungover from enjoying your very long weekend. And now you're hearing me and you're like, hey, why is this guy continually making fun of my deeply held beliefs? And I'll tell you. Here's why, Kami. It's because all of your deeply held beliefs are totally free of substance, which is why you can't explain any of them. One might wonder how you consider them deeply held when you basically just start calling people racist and then leave the room when anyone challenges you. Most people would recognize that you don't actually have beliefs. You're just repeating the things they say on TV. And stop pretending that what you're doing is bigger and better than that. Okay? You don't have original thoughts, commies. If you did, you wouldn't be commies. Also, if you did, you wouldn't need the New York Times or CNN to say the exact same thing before you realized it was true. You are like a child on a field trip who pees his own pants because there is no chaperone around to ask if it's okay to use the bathroom. Got it, Kami? Just use the bathroom. Okay? You're an individual human. You can have your own thoughts. You actually never need Don Lemon to agree with you. And the fact that you say so many things that Don Lemon agrees with, well, that should give you a hint about how wrong you are. Now, of course, this weekend, we marked Memorial Day, which is supposed to be a day of reflection on all the American soldiers who gave their lives so that we could live in a stable and free and prosperous society where individual thought is meant to be praised and encouraged with the knowledge that that's actually how we advance as a society. And it's not just figuring out who we can call a scientist and then doing whatever that person says. I know it's shocking. You're going to have to figure out a way to untrain yourself from the decades of social and cultural control that have put you in this position where you think that your best route to success and happiness is repeating the slogans as hard as you can and then manipulating and running over anyone who gets in your way. You actually don't need to do that to be successful. You only need to do that to be successful in a society that is detached from reality. And that's exactly what's happening with you, Kami. So, I'm only here to encourage you to open your mind, apologize for how awful you have been to all the people who disagree with you, figure out where all this went wrong, and then immigrate back to America. And you'll be welcome here. I can speak for at least, I would say, 
95 plus percent of people who would agree with me. We all would like all of you to come back to tell you the truth. We know that that's asking too much and we don't expect it to happen. But that's what we would like. And, you know, sure, we would appreciate a few apologies along the way if you can muster that, Kami. But we're not really expecting it. But beyond anything else, we definitely want you to sit back down, shut the fuck up, and let everyone else clean up your mess. Okay? We're we're happy to do the cleaning. We will do the cleaning. You don't even have to clean up your own mess. Because the truth is, we don't really trust you to clean it up yet. You're the one who made it after all. But Kamala Harris, the fake vice president, apparently doesn't realize what Memorial Day is, is about, or she just doesn't care. She posted a selfie that said, enjoy the long weekend. That was her tribute to our fallen heroes and the sacrifice they have made. Which is unsurprising. Because when you are a communist rewriting history and pretending that these prior sacrifices actually were all to build a bad place, that's kind of just part of the program. They have no interest in reaffirming the idea that people actually did make sacrifices to keep this country free. That's not a narrative that helps them. And of course, Joe Biden, for his part, posted a picture of himself getting ice cream and told everybody to keep it cool this weekend. But it wasn't just Joe and the ice cream. It was Joe licking an ice cream cone while staring at a teenage girl. (laughs) I wish it wasn't true. How about that? That's the best I can say, commies. I wish it wasn't true. I wish I was just making this stuff up and just finding things to pick at and joke about. You know, like Jimmy Kimmel does. Like, doesn't know anything, but can probably score some points on this. That's not what it is. You see, because the same day, Joe Biden was also hitting on a seven-year-old at a public speech. He said, my, my, my little girl, you look 19 in that dress with your legs crossed. Okay, that part I was embellishing. You got me there, commie. But I already went through the video on Saturday. So if you want the real story and you want to hear what really happened, go listen to it. I think you'll find I'm not that far off. But a lot happened this weekend while most people were not paying attention to political news. And of course I was because it's all I do. Yeah, whatever. Fine. I got it. I spend all my time on that. I admit that. It's okay. Hey, it's my life, not your life. You don't have to spend all your time on it. That's what I'm here for. This is ABC's Jonathan Carl. And yes, I think a lot of people have egg on their face. This was an idea uh, that that was first put forward by Mike Pompeo, Secretary of State, Donald Trump. And 
Look, some things may be true even if Donald Trump said them. And there was, because Trump was saying so much else that was just out of control and because he was, uh, you know, making a, a, a frankly racist appeal talking about Kung flu and, and the China virus, his notion that, that, that put forward that this may have, or that he said flatly that this, this came from that lab, was widely dismissed. But actually... There's some real reason. We don't know, by the way. We still don't know. We absolutely don't know. Uh, but now serious people are saying it needs a serious inquiry. Well, I, for one, cannot wait until the serious people finally get on it. Maybe then we'll get some answers because we just don't know. But let me say, by the way, it's absolutely uncertain. No one knows. It could be anything. I mean, All the evidence points directly to this thing, and there's no evidence of the excuse that we tried to give for an entire 15 months, but nobody knows where it came from. Yeah, there are scientists that say they're certain beyond a reasonable doubt that it could not have come from nature, and in fact, they have proof that the virus was retro-engineered to cover up the fact that it did come from the lab, but no one knows. No one knows where the virus came from. We can't say. We're absolutely not certain. But isn't that interesting? Jonathan Carl just figured out after five, six years of covering Donald Trump nonstop that things aren't false just because Trump says them. Whoa, that is mind-blowing. My mind is blown. That was my mind exploding. This is amazing. Things aren't a lie just because Donald Trump says them. Wow. And Mike Pompeo. Holy moly. Yeah. Mike Pompeo. What an unserious person he is. He only ran the CIA and then was secretary of state. But he was secretary of state for the no, no man. Oh, yeah, that's what makes him unserious. You don't like Donald Trump. Therefore, Mike Pompeo is a clown. These people need to come back to reality. This is honestly the best they can do. The best they can do. And you can hear the restriction in Jonathan Carl's voice. He can't go so far as to say, yeah, it looks like pretty much all the evidence and all the experts are siding with the obvious theory that the virus came from the Wuhan lab one way or another. That's where it started. He can't go so far as to say that he has to say, oh, we absolutely don't know. We absolutely don't know. We don't want people just accepting this true thing. We want to make sure that all the commies out there listening will still go to their long weekend events And every time anyone talks about it, they get to say, oh, hey, well, you know, we just we we really don't know. (laughs) Thank goodness the serious people are starting to look into it now. Maybe one day we will know. Maybe one day we'll know whether or not the virus came from a lab. But right now we don't. It's absolutely uncertain. So considering this absolute uncertainty that we are left with, we should delay our response Longer and longer, really, however long it takes for this problem to go away is how long we should delay our response to this overt act of war from China. 
That's the argument they want to make. Because accepting the truth of how wrong they were, how obviously wrong they were, and how maliciously wrong they were is too much. They're going to try to walk all these commies into a more reality-based narrative without letting them know it's actual reality. They're going to walk up to that line but still say they don't know so that the commies out there don't actually have to confront all of the moral problems that go along with every single thing they've done for the last six years. The media lied to you commies. The media has only ever lied to you since Donald Trump went down the escalator. There has been no time where the media told the truth, where the media was right on all of the biggest issues of our time. The media has told you the exact opposite of the truth for six straight years. And I think it memory serves. I'm not going to look it up because it's not important, but I think it was June 15th, 2015 when Trump came down the escalator. So we are two weeks from that anniversary. And in that time, the media has not said one single true thing about any of these events. The only time truth enters the picture for the media is when that truth is already accepted by society because it was unavoidable. And then the media presents that truth amidst a story of lies so that the commies watching will still take the wrong conclusion from the information they are given, which is exactly what's happening here. And so in context, it's actually not the media's fault that they went along and told everybody that there's no way it came from the lab. It's a conspiracy theory. It's racist. He said Kung flu, and everybody knows that's racist. Nah, that's a joke. And the thing is, everybody was Kung flu fighting at the time. So, hey, all bets are off. But it's not the media's fault. It's Donald Trump's fault, and it's Mike Pompeo's fault, and it's the fault of all the conspiracy theorists out there just spreading their conspiracy theories everywhere. And all of that makes all of the woke bloggers at the New York Times and the Daily Beast very uncomfortable because they know that if Mike Pompeo or Donald Trump says something, it must be false. And they know that if all the people in the independent media on the right, you know, conspiracy theorists, if they say it, then it's definitely false. And not only do they then have to make sure that the other story is the only one anyone gets to read? They need to censor and insult everyone else. And again, it's okay because it's their fault. It's the fault of Pompeo. It's the fault of Trump. It's the fault of the conspiracy theorists for saying that dangerous no-no story when they could be going along with the experts the media is now in the position of being forced to admit that they were dead wrong, complete opposite of right, not a little bit wrong, completely wrong 
about the most important aspect of the most important story in certainly my lifetime, at least prior to the election fraud. But the very responsible media, you know, not the fake news, the very responsible media, CNN and New York Times and Vox and all the fact checkers. They got the most important story there is completely dead wrong. And now their response is, well, you know, it wasn't it wasn't totally wrong. And we couldn't believe the story that these guys were telling because we know that they're automatically wrong. And the good part is we don't even have to investigate. We just took their word for it. What do you think the chances are, commies, that these news outlets, in quotes, are right about election fraud? At some point, the idea is going to have to creep up your back like an itsy bitsy spider and it'll go right in your ear to your brain and that spider is going to tell you hey commie if the media could be wrong about something as important as where the coronavirus came from and they can be obviously lying about it for a year and a half Maybe they could be wrong about election fraud. Oh, man. Maybe they could even be wrong about January 6th. Oh, no. Yeah, commie, it's coming. It's coming. They are wrong about election fraud. And check out just how wrong they're starting to realize they are. Maggie Haberman of the New York Times a person who has been on TV now multiple times saying that they disregarded the lab theory because of Pompeo and Trump. And they just, they just wouldn't share their evidence with us. They just wouldn't share their evidence with us. We were totally happy to report it, but they wouldn't give us the evidence. And I mean, what are we supposed to do? We're just reporters with the biggest news organization in the world. It's not like we could have gone out there and found out ourselves. Of course, they could have. We were able to do it. All of us at home on the Internet, we were able to reach the right conclusion. Maggie Haberman couldn't because of Trump and Pompeo. But here's what she tweeted this morning. And this is in response to Sidney Powell at a conference in Dallas over the weekend. I think it was called like the Patriot Roundup. But Sidney Powell answered a question by saying, yeah, it's pretty simple. Trump should just be reinstated. Maggie Haberman tweets, Trump has been telling a number of people he's in contact with that he expects he will get reinstated by August. And then in parentheses, she writes, no, that isn't how it works, but simply sharing the information. Well, Maggie, I'm not quite sure if you know what you just did. Now, It has to be said, first and foremost, that it is almost certain that Maggie Haberman has no sources inside the Trump circle. Okay, maybe she does. Maybe she does. Almost certainly doesn't. She does have sources that were around, say, Mark Meadows. She had 
uh, Vice President Pence's chief of staff, who was one of her sources. She did have sources within the White House, but they weren't in the Trump circle. Now, it's possible that she has someone who told someone who told her that Trump has been saying this. And it's possible that Trump has been saying that. Mike Lindell has been saying it. Steve Bannon mentioned the August date again on the war room this morning, not as a definite thing, but just as something possible. People are talking about it. That is a true thing. People are talking about it. But Maggie Haberman is out there saying this and implicit in the statement is that the voter fraud is proven And that Joe Biden is therefore illegitimate and Trump is the rightful winner. You can't say this thing without reference to that. Because it makes no sense. Sidney Powell's not out there saying that someone just needs to like write a strongly worded letter and Trump will be back in office. She's saying it's totally clear the election was completely fraudulent. And by the way, Sidney Powell has all the data on this. No one at the New York Times ever bothered reading Sidney Powell's cases or all the affidavits or any of that. That's what responsible journalists would have done. The New York Times, if they were a responsible journalism institution, would have put at least one reporter, but maybe three, maybe four, maybe five reporters just onto that subject. Figure out what she has and report about it. See if there's any of that that's legitimate. That's what a responsible news organization would have done. But they did not do that. They did the exact opposite. They called it a big lie. They said January 6th was a very violent insurrection. All of that is false. Election fraud is not a conspiracy theory. Election fraud is every bit as real as the Wuhan lab. And it is coming. There has been no point at which I have trafficked in conspiracy theory by saying that there is overwhelming evidence that the November 3rd, 2020 election was beset with fraud. And you can know it's not a conspiracy theory by the fact that seven months later, it is getting closer and closer to the widely accepted reality and truth that it happens to be. If they could have won they would have won already. There was nothing in the plans about this still going seven months later and about the country waking up fully to the idea that the election was indeed stolen. More of the country believes that every single day. And that trend is going to continue. Tomorrow, a delegation from the Pennsylvania legislature is going to go down and have a full tour of the Maricopa County audit. And the Maricopa County audit is actually expanding to all of the races in the state. That's the direction they're headed. That, I think, will be announced this week. Could be wrong, but that's what's being reported. So we shall see. That narrative is not going anywhere. But... Maggie Haberman was also referencing a series of tweets by Jenna Ellis. And here is her series of tweets. The election was lawless. Six states allowed their delegates to vote by false certifications. But the EC process happened. 
The Constitution has only one process for removal of a sitting president, impeachment and conviction. No, President Trump is not going to be reinstated. This is Jenna Ellis responding to what Sidney Powell said. She goes on. The best thing we can do as constitutionalists moving forward is to ensure this utter disregard for states' election laws never happens again. That's why election integrity is the number one issue facing America today. Even if Biden-Harris were impeached and convicted, there is a constitutionally prescribed presidential succession. The states had their opportunity to cure the corruption before January 20th. They refused. This is what Rudy Giuliani and I told them. This is entirely on the GOP. Is this fair? No. Did Trump win? Yes. Were the GOP state legislatures utterly spineless? Absolutely. But Americans follow the Constitution. And just because we can't reinstate Trump does not mean we give up or that we lost. If our founders gave up, we'd still be British. Now, it is fine for Jenna Ellis to say that stuff. A lot of people had negative reactions to that on our side because it sounds like she's trying to provide some cover for the fact that the election was stolen and like she's throwing up her hands and saying there's nothing we can do about it. And maybe she is. And that's fine. I'm I accept that position. I don't agree with it fully, but I accept it. It's a totally relevant reading of these tweets. Now, I think the first thing she gets wrong is that there is no way to remove a sitting president other than impeachment. There's also the 25th Amendment, and that could clearly happen to Joe Biden. But I don't want to focus on that. I don't think that this thought pattern in how this gets resolved is correct. And I've gone through this a couple of times on the podcast. I want to kind of recap it just for a second right now. I think the problem here is, is that so many people are looking for these audits to provide conclusive proof, which I'm sure they will, by the way, and then have state legislatures vote to decertify their electors. And once enough states do that, it'll be clear that Donald Trump actually did win the Electoral College. And then, therefore, Joe Biden would have to somehow step down or be taken out of the presidency or the Supreme Court or whatever. I don't see that as being how this goes. And I also don't see that necessarily working because I think that Jenna Ellis is closer to correct under that scenario. I think that what we have here is not just a mistaken electoral college vote count or some mistaken certifications of electors. What we have here is quite obviously a bloodless coup, a soft coup and treason. Okay, this isn't something that just happened by circumstance and people in good faith went along with it. And now we just need to follow the process and hope that the problems can be rectified. Okay, that's not where we are here. Joe Biden knew about this. Kamala Harris knew about this. Nancy Pelosi knew about this. Kevin McCarthy knew about this. Chuck Schumer knew about this. Mitch McConnell knew about this. All of them knew about it. Lindsey Graham knew about this. Countless politicians around the country knew exactly what was happening and either did absolutely nothing to object to it and stop it, or they were complicit with it in the first place. And I'm talking about people, of course, like Doug Ducey or Katie Hobbs on the Democrat side or Stacey Abrams or Brad Raffensperger or Brian Kemp or the governors of Pennsylvania and California and Michigan. 
the corrupt people in the Michigan legislature, the corrupt people in the uh, what is it? Wayne County Elections Board, where they threatened members into certifying the election. There was malfeasance all across the country. And it's not malfeasance about some small thing. This really is malfeasance about installing a false, illegitimate president into the White House. And they did it in conjunction with foreign adversaries. And we know that to be true. We know there was foreign interference by Iran. The White Hat hackers who have reviewed all of the data. And this you can hear Dr. Frank talk about some of this stuff. But I also have this information directly from the hackers. They know that information was bouncing all across the entire world and back to election centers. Where was it primarily? Who was primarily involved? Well, China, for one. And Serbia, Germany, all sorts of countries. Italy. The Leonardo satellite thing. That's not done and dusted. That's not a conspiracy theory. The whole story has not come out yet. And the whole story is not completely put together yet. But it is what it is. And we are going to find out it's true. There's still a lot of information there to be discovered. But there was tons of foreign election interference. And all of these corrupt public officials, whether they were in office at the time or not, went right along with it. So we're not talking about elections flipping. We're not talking about electoral college votes flipping. Listen, I could be wrong. Maybe it does go that simply and that smoothly and the country agrees we're just going to do it like this and flip it over and fix it. But I don't see that coming. And part of the reason I don't see that coming is because no one on our side is going to be simply satisfied with having Trump back in office. We know what was done. Until justice is served to every single person involved with this attempted overthrow of the United States of America by traitors within our own country, until justice is served, this does not stop at all. And you see, commies, it's not about Trump. It was never about Trump. Trump was merely a vessel. And that should scare you more than anything else. There is no simply getting rid of Trump. Once people's eyes are opened, they do not close again. Maybe there's some people out there that you can buy off or threaten and you get to coerce them into ignoring all of the crime and corruption. But for the rest of us, No deals, okay? You're not getting masks back. We're not getting vaccinated. We're not going to lock down again. And we sure as hell aren't going to allow another election to happen like the one that happened in 2020. So it's not going to stop with states flipping. That's not what's going to happen at all, in my opinion. I think that we are going to see the legal system start working. And if we don't, then the Constitution actually does have a military who is sworn to uphold it from all enemies, foreign and domestic. 
And if you don't think that treason against the United States in the form of trying to overthrow the will of the people constitutes a domestic enemy that needs to be dealt with by the military, I think you're wrong. This isn't an area of my scholarship. If someone would like to disagree, I'd be more than open to the discussion and happy to hear the counterpoints. But there are options besides impeaching an illegitimate president. I'm not even sure impeaching an illegitimate president makes sense because it's not just the president that's illegitimate. As I've said for, I think, probably at least six months, the vast majority of the Congress and Senate are also illegitimate and also failed to object to the overwhelming evidence of election fraud. And they voted to allow a fraudulent election to be certified and confirmed by the Electoral College. They helped to install an illegitimate president in the White House. So we can't have a bunch of illegitimate members of the House of Representatives and the Senate move to impeach an illegitimate president. The whole process would be illegitimate. So it seems to me that among all the possibilities of how this might resolve itself, impeachment would be basically off the table. Again, could be wrong. But I don't see how that works. I mean, what are you going to do? Get rid of 94 senators and 370 members of Congress and then conduct the impeachment? If that's how it goes down, fine. If that's what needs to happen, fine. But I don't think that's going to happen. And I guess I'm actually not even sure if that could happen because the Constitution also prescribes the number of congressional seats and Senate seats that must be filled. I don't know what would happen if we are not even close to having those numbers. And so the other big thing that made a lot of noise this weekend was Michael Flynn responding to a question about what happened in Myanmar and whether that could happen here. And Michael Flynn said, there's no reason why it shouldn't happen here. And everybody freaked out and suggested that Michael Flynn is now encouraging a military coup to take Joe Biden out of office. But that claim relies on the false bizarro world interpretation that what is happening in Myanmar is a coup. What's happening in Myanmar is not a coup. What's happening in Myanmar is that they prevented an illegitimate president from taking office. They have proof of election fraud as well. You cannot have a coup against an illegitimate president. Again, that is another concept that on its face does not make sense. A coup is unseating a legitimate president, not an illegitimate one, not one where there is overwhelming proof that that person holds office due to system wide fraud, intentional fraud 
aided by foreign nations. That's not what coups are. Joe Biden is an illegitimate president. Removing him from office would not be a coup. So Michael Flynn can be totally correct in his assessment that what happened in Myanmar could happen here insofar as what's happening in Myanmar is the removal and the, well, in Myanmar, it's the prevention of taking office in the first place of someone who is illegitimately elected. And to that extent, Michael Flynn is right. There is nothing that should prevent that here. And that is what should happen. But that's not how they're taking it because they have cast Myanmar as undergoing a coup, a military coup in Myanmar. But that's not what happened. They deposed someone who was illegitimately elected and prevented that person from taking office. That could have happened here. And the military would have been entirely justified in doing that. And in retrospect, I'm glad that that's not what happened. Because as stressful as this last five and a half months have been, or four and a half months, sorry, we still win. Okay? And activating the military to prevent Biden from going into office would have looked to enough of the American public like a coup that it would have presented a whole new raft of problems that we are better off having not dealt with, having not been forced to deal with. Because it turns out that the citizens have stood up for themselves, often at the leadership of Steve Bannon, and taken back the power in their local communities, right down to school boards and mayors and city councils and election boards. And they've put pressure on their state representatives as in Arizona to get this full forensic audit. And we are going to see that that full forensic audit actually is a gold standard going forward, or at least the basis of a gold standard. As Karen fan said, they'll find new ways to make the audit even better but what they're doing in Arizona will be the model. And it sounds like Pennsylvania's about to make that move themselves. And of course, Pennsylvania deserves it because Pennsylvania was an entirely fraudulent election from well before the election. Everything that the secretary of state did and everything else. But what's happening in Myanmar is a perfect parallel to what happened here, right down to the players involved. George Soros funded a violent opposition in the wake of that election. Just like George Soros funds Black Lives Matter Antifa. It's the same style of domestic terrorism in both places. And I don't think we've seen the last of Black Lives Matter and Antifa. I think they probably have ample riots planned for when all of this finally comes out in a way that the American public fully understands. But Myanmar is a perfect parallel for what has happened here. Our response from our military has been different. It's also interesting to note that in this time, there has been no UN or Chinese-led military invasion into Myanmar to overthrow the military that now runs the country. And that military has completely taken apart Suu Kyi's party. We've discussed that on here before. 
that situation is close to getting solved. And I believe our situation is close to getting solved as well. And hopefully it won't take something that even has the look of a coup. Because we're all better off for it. I said months and months ago that the number one goal, assuming that we are ahead and we are controlling the narrative and the chain of events here, and I believe we are, that the number one goal is to prevent civil war. And so if this time we have taken to get things straightened out is what leads to the prevention of a civil war, then all that is wonderful and well worth it, as difficult as it has been. And so Maggie Haberman and the other communists at the New York Times can tweet whatever they want about how that's not how it works. Even Trump's lawyer said so. <laughs> okay, commie. I guess I'll take your word for it. I mean, you were so right about the whole Wuhan lab thing. Gosh, I should really learn to trust you and not my own brain. Let's see. My own brain was hmm, 14 months ahead of your brain. How did that work, commie? Am I still the irresponsible one? Am I still the conspiracy theorist? How long are you going to keep that up, commie? I ask you, how long? How long, commies, until you understand that people like me have been right the entire time? Not a little bit right, completely right the entire time. Now, again, I always say this. Yes, I was wrong about the chain of events leading up to January 20th because I thought everything had to be settled by then. Turns out we win anyway. But beyond that, the interpretation of the facts has been correct. Masks don't work. Lockdowns don't work. Donald Trump did not collude with Russia. Robert Mueller did not find evidence of obstruction. Donald Trump didn't pee on Russian hookers or have Russian hookers pee on him. Hillary Clinton paid people to make that up. And your friendly communist news sources agree. Now. Six years later, five years later, now they agree. Donald Trump did not call fallen soldiers, suckers and losers. Donald Trump did not allow bounties on our troops by Russians. Donald Trump did not spread conspiracy theories or racist theories about where the coronavirus came from. And if you idiots get thrown off in your reporting because the truth is something you've already tried to convince people is racist. Well, again, reporters, that's your problem. We weren't wrong about hydroxychloroquine and other therapeutics. We weren't wrong about the cycle thresholds on the PCR tests and the fact that 90 plus percent of the coronavirus cases and the coronavirus deaths aren't coronavirus. We weren't wrong about the vaccines. We haven't been wrong about any of it, commies. I'm real sorry. I know you want to hold on to your little scraps. I know you want to find some way that we were still the bad guy. We're still very stupid and very evil and very racist. 
I know it's very important for you to keep all those things because the other option you have is understanding that you're the stupid one and you're the racist and you're the conspiracy theorist. But you are. That's you. At some point, you have to own it. And once you own it, you will actually probably want to apologize if you're a good person, because that's what good people do. And of course, it's not all your fault. You were really efficiently misled by the media, by your years of quote unquote education that convinced you that all your important thinking should be left to someone else. You were convinced to do all those things. I was convinced to do all those things. I got out of it a hell of a lot sooner than you did. But I was on board with that for a while. I voted for Obama twice. I voted for Hillary in 2016. That was a massive mistake. And I've said it countless times, but let me say it again. Thank goodness that there were MAGA patriots out there and enough of them that voted for Donald Trump so that we did not fall off into this awful dystopia that the rest of the global reset, global communism community was ready to thrust upon us as soon as Hillary entered office. Thank goodness for them. And one day, commies, if you do want to come back into America, you should be thanking those people too. You should definitely be apologizing to them. But we want you back. That's what I'm saying. Okay? No, not all is forgiven until you ask for forgiveness and seek forgiveness. And unfortunately, you will have lost your right to voice your very stupid opinions about political matters, which is honestly the standpoint you should have taken from the beginning. But we still want you back. We still want you to be Americans. We want you to be productive Americans and help us in this project of building a successful, prosperous, free society that actually respects individual liberty. But we aren't going to need a coup. And there's no scenario where removing an illegitimate president from office would be a coup. And it's hilarious to me how wound up all these people get, how self-righteous they get in talking about this. Remember, it wasn't all that long ago that Nancy Pelosi was out bragging on television about how she would send in the military to grab Donald Trump and drag him out of the Oval Office. Donald Trump, a legitimately elected president, a twice elected president. She went on TV and said he should be dragged out kicking and screaming by his little hands or something. They had the Transition Integrity Project all set up to war game this entire scenario. It's still there. You can read it. They had Defeat Disinfo and Main Street One out there to construct the narrative and make sure that narrative was pushed by influencers and make sure that all the no-no people would get shut down online. We have coordination with government agencies and the tech companies to censor the political speech of Americans in direct 
opposition to the First Amendment of the Constitution. So please don't tell us that we support a coup. That's not what we support. We support the legitimately elected president, elected by we the people, being placed into the office that he won. And that includes all the other public servants who won their elections as well. And it includes the removal of all the public servants who didn't win and who went along with this overthrow of the United States. And that's exactly what it is and exactly what it was. And there isn't one single solitary soul on our side that is interested in your crocodile tears on CNN about how everything that's happening is so unprecedented and this isn't okay. It's just not okay. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. We've had to suffer through four and a half months of having a fake president who is so demented that he's actually more retarded than he's been for the rest of his life. We've had to deal with having a president there who was mentored by a Klansman. And you all pretended that you put him there to save racism. Oh, we got to fix racism. We better get the guy that was mentored by a Klansman in office. You fucking idiots. We've had to take you seriously. You know how hard that is? Y'all are worried about another very violent insurrection. Stacey Abrams was out on TV flapping her fat gums about how all of this talk about election fraud is just a, a continuance of the insurrection. Idiot. Our side wasn't the violent side on January 6th. That was you guys. Our side has not done one single violent thing the entire time since. So what insurrection are you referring to? And you know, the Republicans last week actually blocked this 9-11 style commission into investigating January 6th. And, you know, that's fine. People have mixed feelings about it. I guess I have mixed feelings about it. I don't think it's an exercise we need to go through. But at the same time, if it happened, I would have been more than confident that we could get our narrative out, which is, by the way, the correct narrative, that everything we were told by Democrats and the media and Friar Cuck and the other impeachment clowns after Donald Trump was already, quote unquote, out of office. Everything they told us was wrong. It wasn't accidentally wrong. Same thing as the election fraud. It's not an accident that they're calling it the big lie and that they're pretending it didn't happen. That's their plan. Their plan is to lie. That's the strategy. Hey, you know, let's just lie about this for long enough and then they'll forget. We'll just overpower them in the narrative and everyone will move on. No, Kami, those days are long over. You don't get to make things up and hope that we'll all just take it. Not going to happen. Not going to do it. <laughs> now, on Sunday, I watched. It was actually a very long um, YouTube live from this guy, Nick Mossetter, Mosetter. I don't know how to say his last name, but he's been doing great work. And he had a YouTube live with Harry Hursty and Philip Stark, 
who are two of the three auditors in the New Hampshire election audit. And they were basically dodging every possible question. You know, Philip Stark was, I guess, a little bit more responsible seeming than Harry Hursty. Harry Hursty knows he's in trouble to some degree. That's what it looked like to me. And one of the key uh, issues that they were all arguing about, and uh, Professor David Clements popped into the feed for a little while to ask questions, and he's he's really great. If you're not following that guy, his his account on Telegram is called The Professor's Record. I post his stuff in the info stream a lot. If you have seen it, follow it. He's a very smart guy, and he seems to like just a, a wonderful person, honestly. That's my take. I think I'm right. But they were asking about why the auditors allowed themselves to be limited in their process. They kept saying that what they were doing was the only thing that the New Hampshire legislature allowed. But in SB 43, which was the bill that allowed them to do the audit in the first place, the New Hampshire legislatures, uh, legislators said that it was up to the auditors to determine how the audit would run. But they didn't want to run a full forensic audit. They wanted to test random samples rather than all the ballots. And they flipped a coin a couple times. That's how you know it's random. They reviewed the one box that the coin said. But we don't know what's in the box and we don't know what's in the other boxes. What's in the box? What's in the box? I want to know. What's in all the boxes? They only had 10,000 ballots. They could have reviewed everyone. They had all the people examine them physically, but they didn't do any of the examination like they're doing in Arizona. They didn't go to that degree to find out whether ballots were valid or not. They did some of it, but they stopped. They stopped short of examining everything. And now it seems like the auditors are on the defensive. And Mark Lindemann, the other auditor, was not even on the live stream. And apparently he has not even been involved in the audit process. He just shows up and then hangs out off to the side. And then when reporters are around, he goes and looks like he's supervising things. But Mark Lindemann was the problem. And Philip Stark thinks that the residents of Wyndham wanted Mark Lindemann. The residents of Wyndham came to the board of supervisor meetings to make sure Mark Lindemann wasn't involved. The auditors themselves seem rather clueless about how this entire process unfolded. And the problems with this audit are mounting up and we're going to see all of it, of course, because we're not stopping. The auditors themselves have conflicts of interest with Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, but Let me get back to what their excuse was. Their excuse for why they couldn't do more was that the legislators didn't allow them to do more. So, again, what they're doing is rather than taking responsibility for their own work and their own role in assuring the residents of New Hampshire that their election was free and fair and making sure beyond a shadow of a doubt that it was, they are disseminating their responsibility back onto the legislature. 
And those legislators can then provide the very guidance that would allow the auditors off the hook. And so if the auditors don't go into the process trying to find something wrong and instead go in with the intent of just restoring confidence in our elections by claiming that pretty much everything was right, it was just this one little problem with the folds. If that's how they go in, if they go in to support the system that's already in place and not provide actual accountability, then there is no accountability. There's no accountability on the legislators because they have set up the process and they gave the auditors enough room. But the auditors take what the legislature said and they say, well, this is all we were allowed to do based on what the legislature said. So they can just shift that back and forth. They can all do the exact processes they need to do to avoid where the problems are. And people know where the problems are. That's one of the most annoying things about all this. We can see where all the problems are. We know where the problems are. If you get 94% of the ballots in Fulton County adjudicated, which means that the ballot itself filled out by a voter records no vote or an overvote or some sort of other error, it goes into adjudication. And then a poll worker has the authority to run a batch of 50 of these ballots and then decide for the whole batch who won. So they take these 50 ballots that need to be adjudicated. They put them through the machine and they say, oh, yeah, these were Biden. And they do it again and say, oh, yeah, these were Biden. And then no one's ever going to look at the real ballots. The machine makes a new image on their recounts and their fake audits. They just look at the ballot images. They look at the tape from the machines. They say, oh, all these numbers are pretty close. There was no problem. But they never actually look at the ballots. And so they'll allow a 94% adjudication rate. Which means that in Fulton County alone, I think it's 106 out of 113,000 ballots. Those all get decided by a poll worker. That's what we're dealing with here. We know where these problems are. We have video of Ruby Freeman taking ballots from under a table and feeding them through the machine over and over and over again. We know where the problems are. But if the legislature tells us, tells the auditors not to look there and the auditors say, well, our hands are tied by the legislature. Then we've gotten ourselves nowhere, haven't we? There's no restoring of confidence in any of that. It's only further cementing our understanding that the entire process has been corrupted and it has been, which is why we take fully independent auditors who are actually prepared to look for problems and report those problems. And we have them do it so that we can get a real answer and not the fake answer that they want us to get. Rachel Maddow is going to have a meltdown tonight over the fact that Pennsylvania is going down to monitor the Arizona audit with the intention of starting one themselves. And Bobby Python, who I had on, on this show a few months ago, he's saying he actually thinks Michigan will flip first, and that would be awesome. I don't know what his reasoning is for saying that, and I did reach out to him. He hasn't gotten back to me yet. 
So I hope that I do hear from him and can get an answer on that. But all these states are going down. All that has to happen in Wisconsin is we would need to review the 200,000 ballots that they have already said were illegal based on the indefinitely confined voters who took that status illegally. That would flip Wisconsin immediately. And Wisconsin is now going after uh, CTCL, the Center for Tech and Civic Life. That's Mark Zuckerberg. They're not going to stop on that. The idea that any of these communists are still pretending that this isn't happening is insane to me. You can protect your fantasy world as long as you like, but you're still going to lose and we're still going to win because Trump won and John James won and David Perdue won and McSally in Arizona. And for that matter, I guess Kelly Leffler in Georgia, all of them won. That's literally four Senate seats right now that the Democrats have filled illegitimately as a result of election fraud. And it's probably a whole lot higher than that. All of these people will be held accountable just like Anthony Fauci is about to be. All of this stuff is coming down on their heads. Every single week is worse for them. I know people are feeling really bad because it's been so long and you see all this awful stuff that Democrats are doing that you think cannot be repaired. And you know what? Some of it is going to take a real long time to dig out of. Just like the fact that they pushed a few hundred million people into extreme poverty with the COVID lockdowns. It's going to take a long time for those people to be made whole. And many of them never will be. And that's a travesty. But this is where we are now. This is the process of defeating an evil that has been present in our society for such a long time. Decades at least. Arguably centuries, arguably millennia. But we're getting there. We are so close. So all the patriots out there, keep your heads up. This is the home stretch. I know we don't get the good feeling yet. We don't get to celebrate. We don't get to feel comfortable knowing that we were right all along and we don't get to have all those people who were awful to us apologize. That's just how it goes. We're going to have to come to terms with that. But what we are doing is ridding this country of rampant corruption and it is happening and we do win. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. And Joe Biden will never be president. Goodbye. Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. 
I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for listening. Please follow the podcast on Instagram and Parler at I'm Your Moderator. Soon I'll be up on Rumble with a video aspect. In the meantime, if you'd like to support the show, I have a Substack, I'm your moderator.substack.com, where you can donate, or you can donate at anchor.fm by searching Be Reasonable with your moderator, Chris Paul. I hope to see you soon. Back out on the rain. Backing as moderator for tonight's broadcast. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm your moderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range.